welcome to the North County Beats, a podcast by the Coast News Group. I'm your host, Kelly Kyle. Today is Friday, August 21st, and even though there are only three and a half months left of 2020, it's going to be a jam-packed rest of the year between dealing with the effects of COVID-19 and the upcoming elections. Deep cleansing breaths, everybody. We got this. That's why the North County Beat and the Coast News are here to help you make sense of all of that news coming down the pipeline. Speaking of elections, today's episode is all about how we approach political change in our own backyards. We're looking at a few local grassroots groups making big strides as they fight for reform in their cities. And you'll also get the scoop on why that work stands out right now. First, some quick housekeeping. The Coast News has expanded its podcast offerings. We now have four podcasts, including the North County Beat, and these will bring you a taste of news, life, and culture in our region. Our brand new podcast directory lets you view all our programs in one place. You can check that out at thecoastnews.com. And hey, if you like what you've been hearing and you want to show some love for high-quality local journalism, become a monthly supporter of your favorite Coast News podcast. When you head to that new podcast directory, click the Support This Show button under your favorite show to pledge what you can. Shout out to Tristan Sharp for being one of the first listeners to support the North County Beat monthly. If you want to join Tristan and help keep these in-depth reports and interviews coming, head to the podcast directory on thecoastnews.com. All right, now let's get to it. Today's episode is all about how real change gets created in communities. Following the death of George Floyd back in May, the restlessness of the coronavirus lockdown combined with this outrage toward racial injustice to create the perfect storm that got people out of the house and into the streets to protest. That's the sound of the June 6th protest that launched the grassroots group North County for Racial Justice onto the scene in Vista. Like many other advocacy groups, they began protesting following the death of George Floyd at the hands of police. And since then, the group has been bringing that same energy toward policy change, specifically in the city council arena. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, my name is Karina Valdespino, and I'm here to comment on the goals one, three, and five. I would like to thank um, everyone who has spoken before me. That was one of many North County for Racial Justice supporters who flooded the public comment section of a June 23rd Vista City Council meeting. The group has been educating the public on their platform, which includes four specific demands aimed at defunding the police in that city. And as you just heard, they've also been pressing city council to revisit their policing budget strategy, and the group has condemned the decision to hire more sheriff's deputies. Back in June, I talked to Amasia Summers, one of the North County for Racial Justice organizers, to learn more about their goals. The path to change, specifically as it relates to our demands, is definitely not reform. Um, We have been reforming the police for decades at this point with no real changes happening. And so we need to reevaluate what our method is. Since they formed, this group has hosted rallies for racial equality, like a solidarity skate jam, and they've been encouraging their supporters to virtually attend city council meetings and to reach out to all of the city council members directly. We don't want the changes that are going to happen to come from the top. We want this to come from the people. It needs to come from the ones that are living in this situation every day. And that is what's most important. Not every city council member is on board with the group's goals. In response to pushback from multiple council members following the group's public comments back in June, 
North County for Racial Justice posted specific questions on Instagram that community members could bring up with each representative over their response to the movement. And Karina Contreras, the councilperson for District 1 in Vista, says this is significant. Now people are starting to ask the right questions, which is, how are we allocating our collective taxpayer money? And when the answer uh, from your representative is, well, why are you even questioning our motives and how dare you assume that we don't have the best interest in in Vista, uh, Vista um, at heart, right? And that's not what people want to hear. Contreras has been largely supportive of North County for racial justice efforts. She plans to host a town hall soon that addresses the city budget strategy. She says the key for groups like these is to remain consistent. Don't give up. Keep being vocal. If you have these questions, it's like what we always heard in school, you know, if you have a question, if someone asks a question, like congrats to that person because other people in the class had that question too. When you bring something forward, um, you're not the only person that has that uh, concern. There's, you're probably representing uh, some other people in your community and, you know, maybe they don't have the opportunity to join in. So it makes it even more important for us to build agency uh, within everybody. Because North County for Racial Justice is new to the scene, they know they've still got a ways to go with their work. Group member Amasia Summers again. It's going to be a long road. It will change and that path will change as, you know, we encounter new obstacles and encounter new problems or new pathways that we didn't think of previously. But it's one that we are definitely determined to take. And that's the thing with real change. It takes a lot of time. And that's a frustrating reality for many political organizers. Yusef Miller has been doing activism in San Diego for years. It took about a year and a half of press conferences, talk, meetings, tireless work on both sides. Uh, compromise, oh, I mean, you can run the gamut of what we had to deal with, frustration. The Escondido resident is a member of the North County Civil Liberties Coalition. He's talking about a movement that they started in 2018 to make the First Amendment a separate piece of the Carlsbad City Code after the newly formed group ran into some major obstacles while trying to plan a rally in a city park to protest the separation of families at the border. We have the First Amendment right, the freedom of speech and assembly, and we want to express that. And they're telling us we can't without notice, we can't without insurance, we can't without paying for police attendance. And we're like, this, this makes freedom, freedom of speech not free. They eventually figured out a workaround for the rally in question, but afterwards they took the issue to the Carlsbad City Council. It was a big effort and all run by volunteers. We had about a ten, a core of 10 people who were making decisions and, and planning, but then each one of us had dozens of people behind us supporting us and in, in making calls and things of that nature. Organizers consistently participated in public comment at meetings and urged followers to email representatives directly. There were discussions and there were debates. If there was an instance where the coalition felt like their representatives were trying to shut them down, they'd make it public, which typically rallied more support for the cause. The group even partnered with the local ACLU chapter, as well as the North County NAACP for some legal backup. According to Miller, the plans they presented to the city council contained detailed action steps and examples of what other cities were doing. And eventually, the council invited a few of them to join a committee where they could talk through these plans and work something out for the community. 
and it didn't make everybody happy. I mean, there's some things I would have liked in there that wasn't in there, and then there's some things that city council would have liked in there that wasn't in there. So we compromised to get it as close to the First Amendment as possible, and I think we have a workable product. Overall, this year-and-a-half effort was a success. So why did this work? The way that change gets implemented differs depending on your city. But San Diego State University political science professor Brian Adams shared a few strategies that often lead to successful local change. Numbers matter. You know, having larger numbers of people involved and active really does make a difference on a local level. Um, You know, local elected officials do pay it being count. And they can pay attention to how many voters are out there who are demanding something. It's also helpful for these groups to bring forward a solid, well-researched plan of action. If you come in, if you have an organized group, with large numbers of people coming in and saying, we've got a coherent, logical plan for what we want you to implement, that actually gives you a big advantage. Because your opponents, people who may disagree with that plan, may not have a plan of their own. Adam says this tactic is especially effective in smaller cities where limited staff and resources make it difficult to balance policy overhaul with actually running the city. However, he added that it's rare for a city council to give up control, meaning that usually they aren't jumping to invite grassroots groups to the table. But that could change. If you want local elected officials to listen, I mean, to have a credible threat to say, if you don't listen to us, you may lose votes in the next election. You know, it really does make a difference. And if a group really wants to pack a punch, Adams says they always have the option of creating a ballot initiative where they collect enough signatures on their plan to get it out to a public vote. This method does require a lot of time, effort, and sometimes cash in order to draft a thorough plan and get folks to go door knocking. But according to Adams, it can be a viable path towards change. You know, any group could sit down and write an initiative um, and circulate petitions to get it on the ballot. And you don't need city approval to do it. Um, you, know, you don't need to get elected officials to approve it. So it actually is, they are called citizen initiatives, and they actually do start with citizens. All right, so now let's walk it back to what activists are doing now over police reform and funding reallocation. Yusuf Miller and the North County Civil Liberties Coalition are also pushing for changes to policing. Following the arrest of Marcel Cox Harshaw in Carlsbad back in June, the group called out Carlsbad police for not effectively attempting de-escalation, something that the department had previously listed as a priority. Like the members of North County for Racial Justice, Miller says he'd also like to see police budgets reallocated. We want to uh, have this exorbitant budget that law enforcement has. Instead of sending the funding into militarizing our law enforcement to uh, redirect those funds into public services, for example, mental health, for example, homeless outreach, and get law enforcement out of that business. Now, instead of approaching the city council with this goal, they've been sitting down with the heads of Carlsbad Police for some discussions on topics like de-escalation, citizen review boards, and town halls with law enforcement. Miller says the cops have been pretty open to those conversations, which he sees as a step toward the ultimate goal of that budget reallocation. Now, when we're going to police brutality, I feel personally that city council is ancillary to that. So we we directly to the source, we discuss with the source that we can have meetings all the time, frequently with the with law enforcement. And then when the monthly city council meetings come up, we address it as well. Despite the differences in strategy, 
These groups in Vista and Carlsbad are both pushing toward that same type of systemic change at the local level. And they aren't the only ones doing that right now. Since the death of George Floyd, Miller has seen the amount of local advocacy groups go from around six to almost 30. To help these new groups stay the course, even when the hype cools down, Miller launched the North County Equity and Justice Coalition, or as he puts it, a coalition of coalitions. And we're going to support each other, whether it's homelessness, whether it's mental health, whether it's police reform, whether it's any of the, the environments. We have environmental groups in North County. All of them, we're pulling them together so that we can uh, share and collaborate on the calendar and make sure we're not stepping on each other's toes for better support. As we learned from politics professor Brian Adams earlier, creating real change at the local level takes an insane amount of strategy. When these advocacy groups work together, they're able to learn from each other to figure out what will deliver them toward a productive end result. And Adams says the same is true for the cities themselves. Here's how he put it. When Supreme Court justice refer to local governments as laboratories of democracy, right? There's ways in which that you can try different things to see what happens. And then you can learn from each other. Essentially, systemic change is more likely to begin at home. Amasia Summers of North County for Racial Justice said this is part of why they keep showing up. A lot of people, when they think of politics, they think of it on the federal or state level. And as it relates to specifically to policing, you know, every city is in charge of its own policing um, policies. And having a strong turnout of people at city council meetings and holding our city council accountable is a very, very important first step to making this happen. Long term, many activists like Miller want to see this change that they create locally make it all the way to the top. We're moving things to the state level, then moving things to the national level, and that's how it has to go. We start local, but then we have to realize that we need to move it to the state and national level if there's going to be real change. In this upcoming election season, there is a lot to pay attention to. But while you mull over your federal and state candidates, make sure you're taking time to get familiar with those local races. If there's something you're not happy about in your city, say something and hold elected officials accountable to work toward that change that you'd like to see. That way, come November, you'll be able to wear that I Voted sticker loud and proud. That's all we have for this week's episode of the North County Beat. If you like what you heard, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. We also love the social media shoutouts that we've seen, so keep those coming on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever the kids are scrolling on these days. A couple of thank yous on the way out. Our podcast manager is Ryan Wolt. The Coast News editor-in-chief is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. Our next episode is Friday, September 4th. We've got something really exciting in the works for next month that I think you're going to like. So until then, I'm your host, Kelly Kyle, signing off. Have an excellent weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.